Hello, magic seekers. You are listening to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, where you're invited to journey to the depths of your soul in search of pleasure, peace, truth, and grit. Here, you'll go within as you listen to conversations, meditations, and life lessons that will guide you back to your power, help you regulate your nervous system, and remind you that magic is real. I'm your host, Steph Traska, a life and embodiment coach, energy worker, mom of two crazy little boys, and at my core, a wild earth goddess. Whether you're in an energetic space of power and joy, or you're feeling shattered and stuck, it's my mission to nourish you back to your divine wholeness so that you step into your day and life with deep trust and an open heart. Now take a cleansing breath and open yourself up to receive today's little scrap of magic. Anything you want to do. and welcome to another episode of the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. Today is a solo episode where I'm going to share with you how you can reclaim your power through rites of passage. Now, rites of passage are traditionally known as a ceremony or a ritual of passage that occurs when someone leaves a group to enter another. So we can often think in modern times of Um, a wedding or a bridal shower, baby shower, a graduation ceremony. And while these are all really important milestones, there are so many others, so many other big moments in our lives that do not have to do with getting married or having a baby that we sort of have discounted, right? We don't give them the credit that they are due. And this can contribute to people feeling a bit lost, a little aimless in life, not connected to themselves or society. Because as we move through big moments in our personal lives, in our healing, in our spiritual journeys, and our growth, however that looks, it involves a significant change in us, right? And so we often now just think of rites of passage as things that create a significant change for our status in society. And it's time to peel out of that and stop just looking at how we appear according to society, but really looking deeper at how do we appear to ourselves? And more importantly, how do we feel to ourselves? How do we feel in relationship to ourselves? Now, I myself have been through some big career changes in the last four years and through the transformative work that I've done on myself that's led me from being a Montessori teacher to giving up my classroom when my first son Bruce was born and working as a part-time assistant for a year and then to starting my business. And that began three years ago as a Montessori consultant and digital events for moms, a host of digital events for moms, then to a business and mindset coach for moms, and now to this deep soul work that I do with women and facilitating circles and doing energy work and really coaching women to step into their highest selves, to be fully expressed in their lives and to be creators of magic in their every day. I've not only catapulted my business into unimaginable success, but also my relationships with those closest to me, my little boys, Bruce and Everett, my incredible husband, Mike, 
and so many of my other relationships. And they're all better because I surrendered at each wave and stepped into closer alignment for who I was to be in that season. Had I clung on to past versions of myself and past ideals of success, my relationships, my business, and my self-connection would not be nearly as deep, powerful, or as magical as they are today. And so I have really learned to work with rites of passage so that I can honor myself and step into my fullness and into my truth. And today I want to share how this has helped me to create a safe holding space during seasons of surrender and expansion. So it all begins and ends with change. We know that change is the only constant in life, and yet that's not very reassuring when we're riding the waves of transition. If you're a mother or a parent, you know, you might learn that predictability is important for our children to thrive and to feel safe, yet it seems like their moods and preferences are constantly changing. If you are an entrepreneur, or even if you're not, just in any line of work you're in, you likely learn that clients or communities should know what to expect from us, right? This is the type of hospitality and service that I'm going to expect in this space. But conditions are always changing, right? In business, we learn that our clients and communities should know what kind of content to expect from us and with what regularity, yet algorithms and platforms are always shifting and new approaches are always emerging. Even if you're not a parent or a business owner, right, this can be applied to your life in some way. How we can go in with certain expectations or thoughts of the way that things are supposed to be. And then they shift and then they change. And, you know, whatever outline that we had prepared, whatever idea we had about how we were going to attack something or move through a situation, it's flipped on us. And, you know, there we are left with this unexpected change. And then there's you. You are always changing. You grow. You learn new things. You get tired of old things. You become wiser. You become more adventurous. And as we allow ourselves to evolve, it can put us in a tricky place. Going from a veteran, someone who knows the tricks of the trade, to being a novice, learning everything anew. All of that can make it so hard to feel like we're making progress to feel like we're ascending and growing in our most prized roles and in our lives. And the things that can be most life-giving for us could also drain us because we are left questioning the air quotes right way to move through it all. And so as you're listening, I want you to just take a moment to reflect, have you ever felt this way before? Or if you're in the position to hit pause and take some notes, this is a great exercise, right? Just doing some reflection on times in your life that you've felt like everything is shifting. Everything that you thought you knew, oh boy, you don't know it anymore. You don't know how to move forward. So if you find yourself in a season where things feel foggy or unclear, you can't quite see ahead, you're unsure of how you will get to the other side of the bridge over this ominous terrain, what do you do? Where do you go? How do you move forward? So I'm going to dive into some smaller steps to break it down for you. Steps that will take you on a journey to arriving at that change in the driver's seat. 
So there are three phases that we must go through when we are entering a period of significant transition. And this applies to any transition you're having in your life. So as I state them, think about the transition you may be in currently and see if you can tell which phase you are in. Okay, so when we're looking at rites of passage, when we're looking at the three phases that we go through when entering transition, the first one is going to be separation. Number one is separation. Separation from what we have come to know. This requires us to have awareness that a change is actually coming. Okay, then our second phase is transition. This is the big long one. It's where the learning and being in the weeds with the new learning, the new challenges and obstacles that are preparing us for what's next, that's when all of that takes place. And then the third and final phase that we have when we're entering a period of significant change is return. This is when we integrate what we've learned in that transition period into our next season. Okay, so Here's a personal example. When I had Everett, my youngest son, who's two and a half years old now, I had created a maternity leave for myself, um, and it was a membership community for entrepreneurial-minded moms. Uh, It was for them to network and then learn from niche experts around areas that would grow their business, and then, you know, just to connect, too, under my guidance. And I had 15 of my former clients sign up, and it was a brilliant maternity leave plan. I had this money then to see me through those months where I wasn't working. However, (laughs) what I didn't plan for was that after I had Everett, there were lots of hormonal changes. And along with that, I just changed as a person too. Having my son birthing him created a rebirth for myself. And so when I came back from this maternity leave with Everett, had this membership that I was supposed to begin and start running, I felt massive resistance. Everything that had flowed, everything that felt really exciting and good and fun just didn't feel like it was working for me anymore. And so this was where I had to enter that phase of separation. I had to have an awareness that there was a change coming for me. (laughs) And then I had to prepare to separate from what I knew to let go of the things that had worked for me. So then I was able to enter into the second phase or the transitional space. And that was when I fully did let go, when I did surrender who I was who I'd known myself to be, and began healing, learning. And this really looked like a hibernation period for me because while I was unsure of what I wanted to do in my future and who I wanted to become, I needed to spend some time in quiet. I needed to spend some time to myself. And so I did continue with my membership. I continued with the commitments that I had made. Um, I just knew in my heart it didn't bring me alive. It didn't feel effortless. It didn't feel in total flow. And so I knew as I moved through it, okay, this is a part of myself that I am going to create space from that I am going to let go of. And so, you know, I started learning the new new bits and pieces about me during that transitional period. So from the outside, people might not have known exactly what I was getting into and the type of healing that I was doing, but it was all happening. Just like in winter, we don't see things from the outside, but there's important stuff happening beneath the surface. 
And then finally, the third phase I was able to go into, return. And that was, you know, within my business, it looked like a new title. So rather than being a business and mindset coach for moms, I became a transition and transformation coach, helping women in a liminal space to do what I had done, let go of those versions of themselves, those habits, those behaviors, those patterns that no longer serve them, and then creating their new iteration stepping into the next version of themselves and transforming. And so that looked like, right, I said, the new title, putting new offerings out, and being out in the world. So integrating what I'd learned in my transition space and from separating from my previous role or identity and then putting that out into my life, okay? So these three phases, separate, transition, return, these are the three phases for rites of passage as well. So those events that mark an important or sacred change in someone's life. And a part of why transitions and changes feel so overwhelming these days, the reason so many women tell me they feel untethered, is because life moves so fast, right? In modern times, everything is about efficiency, production, the end game, results. We move from one thing to the next without any pause or any ceremony. Transitions used to be marked by ceremony and ritual. It gave purpose. It gave meaning and clarity to the struggles that we endured. It really celebrated the magic in those things that we accomplished. It gave us support from our community and recognition for the trials that we'd been through and a reference point for all of the chaos, right? Because now it can just feel like, oh my gosh, everything's just chaos. It's this whirlwind. I don't know what's up and what's down or what's happening. I'm just like sludging through from one thing to the next. And again, now now, there are so many transitions because technology has moved us forward so quickly. Sometimes it is hard to see where life even happens. It can feel like it's just one transition after another. And this is part of why I love women's circles. It grounds and creates space to witness all the areas where we're changing and it allows us to hold others as they do the same and as we're holding others as we're witnessing others it reminds us that we are not alone and at the core of everything i think that's a big part of what rites of passage are about it's about placing you into a community and saying we are in this together right you have entered through this massive shift, this massive change. You've gone through this portal and you're coming out on the other side. And here we are ready to welcome you. All these other people, you know, in your community, in your village, in your tribe who have done the same. And we welcome you with open arms into this next chapter, into this next season. Again, this is part of why I've just fallen in love with women's circles. And it's so central to the work that I get to do. So the way to counteract chaos to navigate seasons of change and to feel good about it and accepting of it, even celebrating it when you're in that messy, unclear space, for me, is to take back rites of passage. A lot of the confidence, self-trust, and power that I've called in for myself has come from connecting to my ancestral roots. It feels grounding. It gives a sense of belonging. And I weave that into a lot of the work that I do in supporting women on a journey of holding themselves with reverence. So let's talk more about what it means to reclaim rites of passage. It's one thing for me to say that statement. It sounds powerful, <laughs> but what does it actually mean? So slow down enough 
to notice when you're in a transition worthy of or in need of attention and focus rather than ignoring it, trying to run away from it, trying someone else's method of success, thinking that if you market the right way or you parent with this philosophy, everything will change, right? We just outsource our power so often thinking other people have the answer. So slow down and listen to your own body telling you what's happening. And if, as you're listening to this, if you're able to just bring to mind or jot down some body sensations, or if you've tried these tactics when you've been in a transition and how has it worked for you, right? When you're trying on someone else's method of success or what it feels like when you're repressing the change. These are important things to note that make it easier to move forward in the future. And then giving yourself and your seasons of change some structure with the three rites of passage. Okay, so that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking through or listening through today, how you can navigate seasons of change using this really forgiving structure. So let's first talk a bit more about separate that first phase in the rite of passage. This is getting ready to leave the familiar space that you have been living in. There are these periods in your life, usually after long bouts of production or changes, where we feel a biological calling to transform into something entirely new. This can manifest as a feeling that our outer lives don't really reflect our inner lives or what had been working just isn't working anymore, as I described with my prior business after I had Everett, right? We feel the call for change. And I always love to compare this to a caterpillar. This is where I had created the year-long program Chrysalis. It's concluded now, but it was a year-long program to help women navigate through their own metamorphosis. And it starts with that that call for change, that feeling of like, okay, I've gone through my life as a caterpillar. It's really worked. <laughs> I'm really comfy there, but oh, I cannot suppress or ignore this urge that something needs to change, right? And that's where, of course, the caterpillar would build its cocoon or its chrysalis and turn to goo and then come out a butterfly later. <laughs> so we can separate with intention through reflection and then release, okay? So remember where you came from. Reflect on what was beautiful, what was successful. What in that phase, that chapter, that period of your life really worked and why did you love it? And again, this would be a great time to write some things down if you are in the position to do so. This is also a great time to remember what didn't work. What was draining? What was overwhelming? What was depleting for you? And often what's needed is a lot of time in this space. When we're reflecting and when we're letting go, to let go what we need to do often is to grieve. Grieve what you're leaving behind, what's lost. And this is where ceremony can really come into play too. Doing something small and special to honor this chapter in your life that's coming to a close. And we can create the ceremony totally solo, right? So if you know I am marching towards something new. I had a, a client that created a death ceremony for herself. We talked about this of she was ready to really lay to rest this version of herself so that she could welcome in the next iteration. And it was really honoring the parts of herself that had carried her through her life that had gotten her to the woman that she was and then letting that part of herself go. 
but holding herself with reverence, saying, I thank you for all that you've done for me, right? Um, So really just taking some time instead of that version of me is dead and I'm moving on, right? It's really being intentional with it. So you don't have to do a death date, a death ceremony of parting with a version of yourself if that doesn't feel right too, right? You can simply, you know, one thing that I've done before is I will lay a scarf down on the floor. And when I really feel like I'm ready to enter a new stage, a new something, doesn't have to be a big thing, but it feels somehow charged or important to me. And I will just state to myself out loud, I, Stephanie, and, you know, whatever it is, this part of myself that I'm ready to let go of, you know, if we go with the example I was using earlier, I, Stephanie, mindset and business coach for moms, woman who champion helping moms get their ideas out there into the world, make powerful connections to one another and create their dreams into a reality. I am ready to let that part of me go. I have so much gratitude and appreciation for the women that I helped and the ways that I helped and supported them. I have so much gratitude for all that I learned in that chapter in being able to step into that role in my life. And that role is no longer true for me. I call in the next version of myself. I aspire to be a woman who welcomes in magic, who is deeply spiritual, who owns her gifts as an empath and an intuitive, who channels, who communes with the spirit world, and I welcome her, and I am going to cross this threshold. And when I do that, I am welcoming myself into the next chapter of my life. You know, and of course, I might say more, I might say less, I might say it differently. This is totally off the cuff, just an example of how you can hold yourself through a transition and create a really small sacred ceremony for yourself, you know, so stating where you've been and who you were on one side of that threshold or scarf, and then stating who you want to become, what you want to call in, and then stepping over that scarf, stepping over that threshold, lighting a candle, you know, letting that flame grow and seeing the way that your light is going to grow over time too. So this is something you can do completely by yourself. This is something that I help women create within their lives, the clients I work with. Or you can find a space, a person, or a community where you can feel heard if that feels really important to you to be witnessed by others, where you feel supported and you're given full permission to step into your next iteration, right? Permission to feel and to be witnessed is huge. Otherwise, we can feel compelled to be proud and not share our hardships with a trusted community. And I would say women's circles, a search in your local community is such a great place to start for women who are looking to peel off the masks and really be intentional and connected with their time spent in sisterhood, spent with other women. So reflecting often allows us to get to a place where we can release what once was, right? So that's when we stop fighting, we stop resisting, we stop trying to go back. We shed skins, drop leaves. This is the fall or the autumn of your transition. I talked more about cycles and seasons in episode two, so you can always revisit that if you're interested in hearing more. So let's talk more about what release can look like. Release can be clearing time in your schedule, letting go of some of the pressure to do or make or serve others. It can also be emotional release, giving yourself permission to lean into and let go of any heavy feelings that you may be carrying around. 
You can do this through swamping and I will put the freebie here in my show notes again. I did share it in the show notes of episode two, but it's called the sacred release. And essentially, you know, swamping is giving yourself space to put out into the world all the emotions you're carrying. You can stomp, beat on your chest like a gorilla, do intuitive dance, run around, scream into pillows. So swamping is one you can totally guide yourself through without any training. Breath work is another way to create that space of emotional and really spiritual release. If you do shamanic breath work, it is almost like a trip without drugs. <laughs> and again, looking in your local community, doing a search on Eventbrite and see what comes up. But I have moved through some powerful stuff and it's things that if I had tried to think my way or talk my way through the release, it never would have come through as powerfully as it did by just letting my body take over. Release is putting down everything that you are carrying and letting it go. It's an act of surrender that allows you to move on to the next phase in rites of passage. So again, if you're in the space of wanting to do this work more deeply, maybe hit pause here. I'm going to offer you some questions that you could journal with. I'm also gonna place them in the show notes, but some things to consider if you are in this phase of separating from something in your life, getting ready to move into the next phase. Ask yourself, what is it that I feel I'm being called to separate from? What was working for me before? How did it feel when I was in flow? How did I know that I was being called to something else? And what am I going to miss about the previous phase of my life? So just a couple questions for you to ponder again as you fully prepare to move from that space of separation and into the second phase and rites of passage, which is transition. Transition. This is what I call the messy middle part or the chrysalis time. This is where the learning takes place. You can feel as though you're a caterpillar who's built her chrysalis. You turn into goo. You're in the dark. You face your fears, your doubts, and your insecurities. You'll feel the challenges that come with going deeper, with shedding old layers. The things that used to comfort your child don't anymore. The morning routine you used to have is out the window because school started. The way you used to sell your services all of a sudden is creating resistance. So whatever is happening in your life, right, you can apply that. You meet enough resistance and you realize that you have to let go of even more. So you may have begun letting go in that separation phase, but now that you're in transition, you must let go even more. You have to put down everything that no longer fits, even though you don't know what's next. And I know that's hard because you'll never become clear on the next step. You'll never truly see what's forming unless you surrender to the fact that change is coming for you. And so it's in this sacred time that you develop a greater understanding of yourself and your role within your group and how it's meant to shift your role as a partner, your role as a mom, your role as a CEO, your role as a coworker, you know, any of these roles and how they change over time and within society. You're being called to rise and that is beautiful. That's magic. So don't lose sight of that because it can feel really overwhelming in this space. This is a time that also requires you to oscillate between doing the work. I feel like <laughs> I'm always saying this on this show with my air quotes, the work. Oscillating between doing the work and resting. 
you know, we often think like we've got to just keep pushing, 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 doing the work, being in it. And if we ever disconnect from it, if we ever let go, if we ever zone out or numb out, then we're cheating. But you need to go inward and rest, right? Many people feel like once they've let go of the old identity or habit, they can move on and ascend and rebuild and rebirth. But what is often needed is rest, the winter of your transition. You've done some of that hard work of release, of letting go so that you can exist in the simplicity of being. Now it's time to allow everything external to fall away and come back home to your essential self. And this is part of regulating your nervous system as well. So this is where doing breath work for release. There's also, at the time of this recording, I'm receiving my breath coach training. So I won't be able to facilitate shamanic breath work where you're like screaming and crying and doing that trippy type of breath work that I so love to participate in and someday would love to be trained in so I can facilitate but I'm being trained in a breath work that is a lot more calming and while shamanic breath work absolutely regulates your nervous system after that release this other type of breath work we can do that is more settling and calming regulates your nervous system right there on the spot. You've done some of that hard work of release, of letting go so that you can exist in the simplicity of being, allowing everything external to fall away and come back home to your essential self. And this is part of regulating the nervous system as well. Although it sounds simple, this rest can be the hardest step because it requires surrender rather than action, right? And our culture tends to be rest averse. So how can you rest? How can you regulate that nervous system? You can create opportunities for rest physically and emotionally, doing things that allow your central nervous system to reconnect with its baseline. Meditation, you know, I love to offer meditations here on the podcast that you can reference. Noise-canceling headphones, those are huge for me, putting those on during the day when I feel overstimulated or overwhelmed, even if it's just one little sound that's bothering me. Loop earplugs. I use those when I'm in the car with my kids and they're really whiny. (laughs) I can still hear them. I can still talk to them, but it just like takes that decibel down in a way that really does help parts of my body to turn off that fight or flight. This one might sound unexpected coming from the host of a podcast who is currently speaking into your ears, (laughs) but stop with the podcasts on walks and notice your surroundings, right? That's not to say that we can never listen to podcasts or take online courses or fill our brains with knowledge, information, wisdom, interesting things. But we should really be intentional about how and when we are doing that. Because again, it's this urge to just be multitasking all the time and absorbing and being as productive as possible. And that pulls us out of presence. So stop constantly filling your head and the space between your ears with noise and show up in the moments of your life, right? Stop with the shows at night when you're tired, at least all the time, and instead journal or read, dancing, creating time for joy, okay? Active rest is still rest. We often think that rest has to be passive, laying on the couch, scrolling the phone, but does that really regenerate you or does it fatigue and drain you? If it drains you, it's not rest. If it's not restorative, it's not rest. (laughs) Seeking gentle, active rest is the best way to connect with your truth and essence, which is what allows you to rise up. So once we've successfully integrated rest, we can create time to look back 
as well as ahead and into the future. This is where I would say that you can move into the reimagining and reevaluating stage, the planning, the vision casting, the spring of your life. We're still in that transition phase of rites of passage. We haven't fully crossed over the threshold, but we're reawakening. We're forming new buds. This is a time where we can think of planting gardens, sowing these seeds of intention. And remember, reflection and rest and release can still be integrated with this phase as well, right? There's no hard and fast rules about when and how you integrate these different phases. So how can you reevaluate when you're in this spring of your life? How do you reevaluate? Now, in the actual chrysalis, a lot is happening inside, though you can't see it from the outside. It can feel really messy and unclear here in this space. There are competing voices, a lot of self-doubt may emerge. Reevaluation is a time for inquiry into what it is you actually want in the next chapter or the next phase of your life or journey, judging what is truly right for you. And hopefully you can see and feel how and why we can't just arrive at this first step, why it's important to reflect. And hopefully you can see and feel how and why we can't just arrive at this step first, right? Why it's important to reflect, to release, to rest, to make space for ourselves to begin to step into this new version of ourselves so that we can really feel into what we're being called to manifest or create next. Reimagine what's possible as you prepare to inhabit this new form, this expanded essence, right? This is what's possible during this period of time. It's really good idea to take some intentional time asking yourself questions that may be helpful in making these decisions. If you have a pen right now, you may wanna pull it out and write these down. A couple of questions that you could ask yourself to reflect on would be, which habits, which relationships, which projects do you want to keep? And which do you wanna let go of? It can be helpful as you reimagine yourself, your business, your life, this next chapter, to articulate the little bit that you can see, right? Because I know so much is unclear when we're in these periods of transition in these liminal spaces, but it can be really helpful to write down and to get close to those bits and pieces that you can see clearly. So instead of looking at all the things you don't know, try looking at the things you do know, right? And that informs the stuff that you want to work on, that you want to do, that you want to become. Now, action is also an important part of this process. Action is expressing who you are, figuring out who you are not. It's being alive. It helps us get crystal clear on what we want to keep as we move forward in our growth and what we want to release. Though it's a messy time, and perhaps you still feel you're a bit in the dark, but there's this energy of renewal. So trust in the process. Trust in the mess that you must endure in order to get to clarity. After you reevaluate, you may realize that while some of your values are still important to you, there are other forces within you that want your attention now. And that's a beautiful thing. That is growth. Perhaps it's the desire to pivot in your business or to sink more deeply into motherhood or to learn a new approach or tool in another aspect of your life. The reevaluation phase is a time of judgment in the sense of judging or discerning what's truly right for you. 
And when you really understand your new level of leadership or what you are being called upon to enter in this next season of your life, then you're ready for the final phase, return. This is the third phase in the rites of passage. And this is where we get to integrate everything that we learned from all three phases, right? From the the separation, from the transition, and then what we're learning in this third and final return phase. So return is taking what you've learned in the messy middle, in the transition period, and bringing it into your daily life, into your tasks, into your experiences as a business owner, as a parent, as a friend. I think of this phase as summer, rebuilding and our rebirth. This is when the caterpillar would come out of the chrysalis and become the butterfly. Rebuilding is a big time for action. In this final phase of the metamorphosis, you get to create new systems within your life that support the next era of your evolution. It can be a great time to build some structures that support what's right for you and marking it right? Again, this is where ceremony and ritual get to come in. This is where we get to bring magic into this process. This is where you cross over the threshold into what's been waiting for you. That thing that was haunting you, you've shed light on it. You've illuminated it. You've cracked it open and now you get to celebrate saying a few words or having an informal celebration with a special dessert or sharing reflections with a group of friends. These are all ways that you can create ceremony, right? While we sometimes imagine ceremony and ritual to be goddess-like women wearing flowy gowns, holding hands in a circle around a fire out in nature, and believe me, ceremony and ritual absolutely can look this way and it is brilliant when it does, but don't let that vision stop you from doing some small gesture for yourself, right? If you can't make that vision a reality, if that doesn't fit in your life, go get a cupcake and put a candle in it and sing a lovely song to yourself or take a drive blasting your favorite music and singing. But it's with that intention of celebrating what you have traversed through. And then looking back on all three phases in full acknowledgement that you are doing amazing things, even in the moments where it was hard, even in the moments where you didn't know if you'd make it through, you're doing amazing things. Understanding that change is always happening and we're always responding to those changes. It's not always easy, but when we can see the rhythm of it, give space for it to manifest, we can find some admiration for the beauty of transitions and the power we have had as we've navigated and grown through them. And the biggest thing I believe about a chrysalis time, about moving through rites of passage, about these liminal spaces in our lives, is acceptance that the journey is not linear. Life is a cycle, not an upward trajectory. When we grow, when we expand, when we break patterns and habits to create growth and change in our lives, it's not all clean. We want growth to feel good, expansive, but it often feels messy and like we're unraveling. But this is part of the process of becoming. All we have to do is look to Mother Nature to see that change is the only constant in life. The moon waxes and wanes. The seasons go through cycles. Butterflies, frogs, they all have these cycles. There is so much power in transition. 
There's a messy middle, a chrysalis time, but they're valuable and a part of your story, your process, your life. So surrender to the evolution of your life. Surrender to yourself. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It's such an honor to be invited into your space. If you love today's show, subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss a thing. And if you're looking for more in-depth support in your life, if you're seeking to be held and inspired for your growth, I do offer one-on-one EFT or tapping sessions, spiritual life coaching, and other group programs. I always am talking about these on my Instagram, which is Steph, S-T-E-P-H dot Traska, T-R-Z-A-S-K-A, and also on my website, littlescrapsofmagic.com. So please wander over to either of those platforms and see how I can support you more deeply. Until next time, keep looking for those little scraps of magic. Thank you.